I'm Yamilka Rodriguez, and this is the Brand Therapist Podcast, where we come together and deep dive into the psychology of branding. We live in a new era that asks us to step up and show our individuality, learn what makes us unique and different in this world. Let's open the door to possibilities so you can win in business, life, and relationships, because everything starts with you. Hello, and welcome to the Brand Therapist Podcast with your host, Jimoka Rodriguez. I have an incredible guest today. Her name is Deja White. But before we get started, I want to read her bio just really quickly. She's pretty amazing. So in 2009, Deja, the owner of Day Intuitive Coaching, LLC, has dedicated her work to a betterment of women and girls via mentoring, coaching, and consulting. Starting in the beauty industry, her goal was to make women and girls feel confident and beautiful by teaching them self-care through personal regimens, creating everyday luxury they could have at home. It was in this arena that she became curious on how she could make a long-lasting impact. Thus, coaching was born. From retail hell, I love that, to corporate baddie, one theme has remained the same. Deja has always found herself in spaces that centered with women, their empowerment and curated spaces to make the needs of women around them. She has worked passionately to educate impact and change lives. Deja believes in true authenticity and self-acceptance. Once you love you, the world can get to love you too. I love that because that's exactly what I do. So Deja, tell us a little bit about your business, what you do, how you help people. So my business has been on a journey. I feel like my business has been a bit of a little bit of like my life in the sense that through the different stages that I've gone through, like you said, I did retail hell for a little bit and then I was a corporate baddie for a little bit. And so now I find that in the different arenas that I was in, retail beauty was more so like empowering women to feel beautiful about themselves by adding a little something extra, but also looking at what's inside and uplifting those things. And then going into the corporate arena, it was more so about trying to help the women that were centered around me figure out what it is that they wanted out of life and how they were going to show up in this stage in their life. So from the early 20s to the mid 30s and soon to be in the 40s, I have kind of just danced around with my clients in whatever arena that I was in and more so focused the business on the individual. Like you come to me because you want someone to listen to you and to help to kind of build you up sometimes. And I think a lot of clients don't always recognize immediately that that's what they're looking for is someone to be their cheerleader, but that's who I am. I'm always going to cheer you on to the next step and support you. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a very no-nonsense woman. So like, if you come to me with some bumble shumble, as I say in front of the children, (laughs) I'm going to let you know that that is bumble shumble. (laughs) However, we will steer you in the right direction so that you can feel as if you're in your most authentic self, living that most authentic life and whatever that is to the individual. But yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I love that you said that because, you know, a lot of times actually today, a friend of mine wrote me and she's like, how do you like this name? And I was like, oh, how do I tell her it's horrible? <laughs> and so I wrote her back and I said, well, it's my duty to tell her the truth or at least what I think. 
not to say to say, oh, great, keep going. So I told her, you know, I prefer this one because I think it talks more about what you do than the actual one that you sent me. And then she's like, oh, that makes sense. So, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, you do have to tell people how you feel about things. They might choose to do something else, but, you know, it's our duty, I think, to just let them know. I think, too, that my personal opinion of what you do with your life is of no relevance, right? But as your coach, if you're here to work through something or to get to a different place, like you have a goal set in mind, if I see something that's in the way of that goal, I should point it out, right? Because that's the duty that I signed up for to work with you on. But yeah. Exactly, exactly. So let me ask you this, you know, we wouldn't be a brand therapist podcast if we didn't talk about childhood. So tell me a story of your childhood that got you to where you are today. Honestly, I think the biggest thing that comes to mind for me is that from an early age, I experienced a lot of death around me within my family. So from the time I was like maybe nine or 12 up until about 26, it was like every someone was passing in my family around between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And that shaped my personality because at a young age, I was very much the nurturing person and I've stayed that. That's been consistent throughout my life. And so growing up that way and having to see loved ones lose people and not necessarily understand, have like the emotional bandwidth to understand what is happening. Like I know that this person has passed on as a child, like the child mind. Okay, they're going on to the next realm of life. But like, how do you help people sitting in their feelings and like just kind of honoring them? And I think one of the things that I learned really early on was just kind of being present. I was always the, for one, I'm the youngest for like several years in my family. So I was always the baby, but I was always the like confidant or the comforter for the adults when they were losing someone or going through something really hard. So like all of my loved ones have described me as like the person that you call in a crisis. I'm the family Olivia Pope. (laughs) So, but yeah. My childhood memory is always being someone snuggly bear. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's important to have in life. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. She was telling me that she had to put her mother's ashes into the ocean, which is what she asked. She said that was the hardest thing in her life. And I said, you know, I remember your mother. She's so sweet. But at the same time, I haven't experienced that myself. So I can hold space for you, but I don't know how you feel. So, you know, at times I think people just need to know that you're there for them, even if you haven't gone through it yourself or if you have. But I I think that's what people want to know is that you're actually there with them and holding space for them. I love what you said about that. So now I'm going to ask you something because I did ask you to fill out a two question survey about your brand character. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. So you came up and, you know, I always do this live as the magician, which I wouldn't be surprised at all. So I'm going to read that to you and you're going to tell me if that feels right. A magician sees the world as systems and is attracted to things that help them change, transform and heal. The motivation is change. The need is to transform. The fear is being undervalued. And the behaviors are inquires about the world around them, sees the world as systems, and achieves unbelievable feats. That is very much my, uh, the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I am what, like, my friends and I consider like a first generation in the sense that I am the only one before the kids that are like twenty years younger than me 
who went off to college to have the college experience. And then now like higher level, you know, going into a master's program and now owning a business. I'm literally like first gen of everything. (laughs) So like, yeah, the magician fits and definitely like a change and transformation. I get on my family's nerves sometimes because I'm always trying to get everybody to come on, get on the bus. Like you got to grow, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. that. So let me ask you, there's five value words here and I want you to tell me your definition of each of these words. So what's adaptive to you? Flexibility. Mm -hmm. Insightful. Intuition. Mm -hmm. Persuasive. Sales tactics. Retail (laughs) hell. (laughs) dynamic uh interesting i would describe dynamic as being interesting like there's something about you that's attractive exactly magnetic definitely able to say attraction i pull things into my uh atmosphere what i want comes down to me yes because you create magic literally and figuratively so you know exactly how to do that so let me ask you this now that you kind of got that, tell me about you as a brand. What is your personal brand about? My personal brand is about living in your truest self. Like I'm the authenticity champion. And so because of that, going through the different stages of my life now, looking at, like I said earlier, looking at going into 40, I am more in a place of this is who I am. and This is how I want to show up. And getting to that place of, like I said in the bio, like once you really love you, then everyone else around you can love you. Because at that point, then you can really pick and choose and show people how to treat you and how to be in relationship with you in a way that feels most authentic and healthy for you. I think that it took me a really, really long time to figure that out and to get to a place where I was comfortable with myself. You guys can't see me, obviously, from the, but only from here up, but I'm a plus size woman. So like growing up in like the 90s and the early 2000s, the world did not look like Deja. (laughs) Now it does. Now it's very accepting. But years of like being not the the in body type, so to speak. Now I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. We went through all the battlefields, so to speak. So here I am living in, okay, I can be my most authentic self and so can you. And I don't have to ask you to change who you are for me to be in relationship with you. We just have to meet in the middle. And so like, that's my brain, helping people see that I'm not going to ask you to change who you are, but I don't want you to ask me to do that either. As long as we are not causing any emotional harm or physical harm to one another, then it shouldn't be this thing of like, well, I don't like this, this, this and about you. So you should change that. It should be a thing of, well, what is it about me that dislikes this thing that I see? Because typically it's a mirror reflecting. Yes, you're so right. You know, the other day I have somebody that always tells me that I am selfish. And I'm like, why does this person keep telling me I'm selfish? And then uh, a friend of mine said, you know, they're only saying that because it's a projection, right? They feel like they're selfish. And so they're trying to always correct themselves. And doesn't mean that you're selfish. It just means that you're taking care of yourself and you see it as you taking care of you and they see it as you being selfish. So don't take it personally. It's more a reflection of who they are. And I was like, oh, well, that makes me feel better. <laughs> and it's also a thing too, of that they see in you something that they wish they could do. So that's what they're mad about. Oh, you're so selfish. Oh, you're so selfish. No, actually, I know how to take care of myself and what my boundaries are. And maybe that's something that you should get a hold of so that you don't feel 
this weird dynamic between the two of us when I'm not giving you what it is that I want because that is my boundary. Oh, I love that. I'm going to use that next time this person tells me again because I it always comes up at some point when he's angry. It doesn't come up any other time. Just when he's like, ah, that's what he says. You know, you're selfish. Drives me crazy. But yes, <laughs> next time I will use that. Thank you. So let me ask you this. What is your greatest fear? Ooh, that's a good one. My greatest fear is not being successful. That is something that I have been for probably like the last eight months kind of spinning around like, okay, how do I navigate this new leg of my journey? Because up until now, I have been working in corporate and then working part-time in my business. And so now I'm solely focused on my business and revamping new services and working with my business coach. And I'm just like, whoo, this is daunting. <laughs> Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart, honey, but we are here. <laughs> but yeah, that's my biggest fear is not being successful and having to, not so much that I'm worried about explaining to like family or friends what went wrong, but just... I am the person that everybody comes to for help. So like, what do I do when I need help? So I've been navigating that and also being comfortable and saying, hey, I don't know what's going on right now. So this is what I'm working on. This is how I'm moving through it. I have a coach uh, and a partner who's my accountability partner. And so working with them to get the systems that I need in place so that I can feel safe. Yes. So tell me, what does success mean to you? If success is your goal, what does that look like? Comfort and ease. For me, it is stability. And so like I say comfort and ease, but the the undertone is stability, knowing that I don't I'm not gonna be rocked if I have some major catastrophe happen, either within family or like something financial that comes along, that I need to get to a place where I have solidified stability. And once I hit that, I feel like I'm so close right now, to be honest. But once I hit it and I'm like, okay, we're really here and I'm on the ride, then I'm like, okay, great, okay, I'm fine. But this journey to get to the top of the like the mountain or the roller coaster, so to speak, is it is daunting. <laughs> but I am navigating it. <laughs> yes, we all are. And I think it's interesting. You know, I've been in business for seven years on my own now. I was also a corporate junkie for a long time. <laughs> and it's been interesting. And like you said, it's not for the faint of heart. I think it is a lot of work, but it's a lot of rewarding work because you're kind of doing what you love to do and, and you're having an impact. So I think that as we learn things, especially things that we're not great at, and we learn to navigate those systems and those circumstances and each day I feel like I grow and each day I feel like something else is happening in my life. And so I'm very excited to see what comes next. We thank our sponsor, BespokeBranding.io. Tailored branding to reach your ideal client. Gain a deeper level of understanding to empower your brand and purpose and rule the market. We know what it's like to journey from a place of feeling overwhelmed and undervalued to being powerful, understood, and authentic. Your brand identity allows you to live your purpose. The Brand Therapist has 20 years of branding and design experience, has transformed billion dollar brands, 
and has eight plus years of guiding women entrepreneurs to realize their potential. I invite you to take the brand quiz and you can find it at www.bespokebranding.io. Let me ask you this. You know, I asked you this in one of the pre-questions is, how do you define fame for yourself? And maybe it's the way that you said you define success. But if you think about what Socrates said, he said that fame was honorable, right? And we look at fame only for the artists and celebrities and anybody can be famous. I believe everybody has within them to be famous. So what is either a fame moment or a fame story that you have to tell? I don't know that I have a fame story to tell as of yet, per se. I think that honestly, fame is something that I personally have just kind of shot away from because I have always been the cheerleader, like the person in the back. And so I'm in a new position in in my life where I'm no longer allowed to be the person in the back. I feel like God has been like, girl, we're not doing this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You've got the whole like kid and caboodle. You don't need to do this anymore. So I'm being pushed into the front. So fame is something that I am navigating once I get to that point. I think my aim, I don't know that I I care to be famous. I don't care anything about that. What I care to be is impactful. What I care to be is when people talk about me when I leave this place, that Deja is someone who helped change my life or who gave me a new perspective. Deja was someone who helped me to be more accepting of myself and others. Like, those are the things that matter to me. Like, fame is great, you know, whoopee. But like, Fame is also fleeting once you are no longer in terms of like celebrity, once they are, you know, they're no longer giving us their constant 15 seconds, then what, you know, the fame stuff doesn't really matter. So it's more about your personal story and how you've impacted people. And I think that's what matters more to me than anything else. Yeah. You know, I like to think of fame. I I think it's funny how we reject the word fame. Yeah, it's an innate thing. I And I've had that a lot of people say that, but I think fame is about leaving a legacy, right? I think it's about what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? Because whether we want it or not, we are in the fame economy, right? Anybody can get on social media now. You can be on video. You can, like you said, you can be on stages. And it's up to you as an individual to take control of that and do it for yourself or not, right? Each person gets to decide that for themselves. But I do think it's about what is the legacy you want to leave behind and how are you doing something about that? But if I go to the next question is all of us have had kind of mentors or guides or whatever you want to call them to get to where we are today. Can you tell us a story about a specific mentor or guide that kind of helped you get to where you are today? Yeah, actually, when I started in corporate about five years ago from transitioning from retail hell, of course, I met a life coach. (laughs) And the first day I met her, her name is Catherine Hall. So shout out to you. Hey, boo. We had a conversation around like what my values are and trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And it was interesting that this is what was happening because I was in a new phase in my life. And so from that moment forward, we just kind of clicked and she helped to open my mind up to the infinite possibilities. She was also one, her and uh, another coach that I met who helped me to transition my academia, like my studies, because I didn't want to do clinical counseling and all that kind of stuff. And so they were like, well, you can coach, you have more training in 
therapy. So you could definitely coach. It would just be a little bit of a switch in terms of how you show up with your clients. And I was like, oh, well, hello, we are here. Thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> they made hu- a huge impact. And I tell Catherine all the time because she is, I call her my mentor and my friend, but she's really my friend. But like she has helped me in terms of my business and reformulating like how I pair with clients and get clients, all this kind of stuff. So like, I just, I just love my Catherine Hall. Oh, that's great. It's so important to have those Catherine Halls in our lives. So, you know, there are a lot of different people, but I think it's difficult to get to where you want to go on your own. And I think a lot of times we think, oh, I can do this. I'll just do it myself. I don't need anybody to help me. But we do, we do need those people that, help us and champion us and, and help us get through the hard and fun times of our business journey. So let me ask you this. Give me three lessons learned. They don't have to be work oriented, just life lessons if you want. I think the first one that pops up for me is I'm a reformed, very black and white person. It has to be this or it has to be that. It cannot be great because I cannot do with it. That was my motto for a very long time. And working with Catherine or just being in relationship with Catherine, it helps me to be like, you know what? Just because it's gray doesn't mean that it's bad or that it's wrong. You have to figure out what's happening internally for you as to why you can't you can't get with the gray. It's not moving your uh, your needle there. <laughs> and so that lesson brought me to a space of openness and being more accepting of my own self and my experiences. And then also that turned to being accepting of other people. For me, that has kind of trickled into everything. It's changed a lot of like how I move in relationships with friends, coworkers, you know, family members, like all the things. So definitely that's top on my list. A or second lesson that I've had probably would be Who's a big, do you know what? I said that one, the first one was the biggest one. This one actually might be. <laughs> <laughs> in 2021, I had a stroke experience. So what I call like a near-death experience. And I was only 37 when it happened. And so prior to that, why I call retail, retail hell is because I had worked in environments that kind of had taken me away from myself. And so the early symptoms of all of that depression and angst became migraines and like physical illness because I wasn't exercising any of any of this stress trying to get it out of my system. And so years later, still doing the same like dance, I ended up in the pandemic, no less, this was in 2021, having a stroke scare. And I was in the hospital for about a week. And it was like a, a reminder and a wake up call. Like I had made a promise to myself and to God that I would never allow myself to be this stressed and this low again. But the difference was that what I didn't see for myself at the time was, okay, the environment that I was working in work-wise was no, nowhere in like, it was night and day from retail hell, right? But the way I was feeling was very damn similar. <laughs> so it was like, okay, this is the disconnect. You still feel the same pressures and the same discomfort you're still having the same symptoms. The symptoms have now gotten worse. I feel like God was just like, we're going to sit you down and just put you down, period, and let you rest and recoup and figure this thing out so that you can go back into the situation. And well, not so that I could go back because technically I shouldn't have done that either, but I did. 
I worked for another year in the same industry. And then I had three serious blows. My cousins lost their father, so my uncle passed, and they lost a daughter. And then my own father was found non-responsive in a parking lot because he's got um kid- he's got kidney disease, and so he it was it was a rough summer. So this was all in June. <laughs> wow. And then from that point forward, I was just out between my accountability partner, my therapist, and my doctors. Everybody was like, "You need to take a break." And so the lesson in that is to listen to Deja the first time. I was telling myself physically with all these things. Logically, I was saying, oh, it's not that bad. Oh, I can push through it. I'm stronger than this. And my body was saying, no, girl, this is not working. (laughs) Red flag, red flag, red flag, you know, like, (laughs) so I can say now on the other side of that, because I'm not going to say like I did before. Oh, I know I'll never do that again. Child, bye, you did it. Uh, And it got way worse. (laughs) So My hope is that in the future, if I get those sensations, because they come up as like little nudgings. And this is how I explain it to my clients. When it's something that's incongruent with you and it's out of alignment, you get all these little bubbles to the surface and they're like letting you know, hey, it's a problem. Hey, it's a problem. But we ignore those things. And I am no different than anyone that I've worked with. So I speak from a place of experience, which is how I like to coach. I figured years ago, I always said that like I couldn't be a therapist or a coach if I hadn't really experienced any life yet. So I took a really long time to start. But neither here nor there. My main two lessons are those two. I don't know that I have a third, but yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think it's it's about awareness. You know, I used to do these fashion shows and I got sick every time after. And I knew it was because I put my entire self into this show. And by the time it was over, I was completely in bed sick for weeks. And so the third year that this happened, COVID happened, right? So I was thinking about stopping, but I didn't really know how to. And then COVID just said, okay, it's over. (laughs) So then I started an entire different business. Well, similar, different, yes. Uh, still in branding, but it was very interesting how these signals come to us. And we, like you said, we ignore them or we just don't want to deal with it or we just feel like, you know, it'll go away. And it's very important to listen to them and tell us. I I had this um, dream, you know, dreaming, you know how to dream, right? Every day you have a dream, you know what a dream is. Well, I had this different experience one night. It was not a dream. It was like I was taken into this weird space and then I was brought back. But I was like, okay, that was not a dream. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. So it was. it's interesting that we know what these things are. Like we see the patterns. They come back and they come back. And we know how they feel like, and we we ignore them or we see them there, but we want to continue our lives the way it is. So it's important to be aware of that. And I, I congratulate you. Like you said, you know, it's not like it's not going to happen again. It probably will. But you at least are aware of the signs and aware of how these things happen and what's going to come next. So let me ask you this. What's in the future for Deja? Where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? Honestly... I've stopped focusing so much on the future and trying to live in the present. And I know that sounds like cliche, but it's it's factual. I think that you cause yourself more stress and anxiety when you are planning and living for the future than if you are planning and living in the now. 
for years I planned in the future. Now on the back end of that and seeing what it did, you know, like, okay, so that does not necessarily work for me. So maybe let me reel it back a little bit and maybe just plan for like the next six months. Let's see how that works and live in the present more than living for the future. Cause I found that I just wasn't living life. That's how I got to a place where I, I didn't know years ago that I was still in a state of like fight or flight and I was still struggling and all the while thought I was doing great because my circumstances were different than they were years before that. So 10 years from now, I have no idea. I hope that I'm happy, healthy and whole and living somewhere close to the water. (laughs) (laughs) But in the next year, maybe I can say in the next year, I hope to be continuing to flourish in my business working with people who we connect, we mesh, and just changing lives and changing the communities around me and the communities that I enter into or that welcome me. I love that. It's so interesting how, you know, I'll always say like, well, I think I'd like to be here in my business. And then I get closer and I like change everything. And then I'm like, okay, that's not the path. Well, let's pivot the path into this. And so, and then I, it feels to me like, even from every two months, you know, when I do my strategic plan, it's like, okay, now I'm changing it. But I will say that it gets clearer every single time. Like every time I visit my plan, it's like, okay, it's forming, it's kind of getting shaping, and it's really getting to a place where I'm more comfortable and I feel more confident. So I think it also as the more that we do what we do, the things start shaping its own way. So maybe the future is like over there and you might take different paths to get there versus the straight line that you may imagine the future will bring. So I I, I like the way that you said, like, I just want to be, you know, in the future, just healthy, happy and whole. And really that's what I think we would all love. And I love that vision for you. So tell us, Deja, where can we find you? What are the social platforms you love the most? Where can people get a hold of you? Definitely you can check out, uh, if you want to work with me, my website is dayintuitivecoaching.info or .com, whichever you put in, you'll still find me. My social is so deja vu on Instagram. That's the main one that I use, to be very frank with you. Uh, it's my creative outlet where I like to just share my life. And on there, you'll find the links to everything as well, too. And... Other than that, that's all I got. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, Deja, for being with us today. We can't wait to see, although we don't know, but we can't wait to see (laughs) what's going on with you in the future. We're really excited about where you're going. And I thank everybody today for listening to The Brand Therapist. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to The Brand Therapist. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you would like to connect on social, you can find me at Yamoka Rodriguez Branding or bespokebranding.io. And if you would like to do the brand character quiz, go to bespokebranding.io and click on brand quiz. Or you can email me at yamoka at yamoka.com. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.